Hello and welcome to the Nursing Standard Podcast. I'm journalist Erin Dean and this episode focuses on making your money go further. Times are hard financially for many of us and this certainly includes nurses. The cost of living crisis is making food, fuel and energy bills much higher. Childcare fees can be crippling and nursing pay is failing to keep up. Unprecedented strike action by nurses recently shows the level of discontent. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Dr Nikki Ramskill, who is both a GP and a money mentor for women. Known as the female money doctor, Dr Nikki is on a mission to improve women's money management skills. Welcome, Nikki, and thanks for joining me today. Oh, thank you, Erin, for having me. It's it's um, great to be speaking to you about this topic. Thank you. You combine being a GP with being a money coach, which is quite an unusual combo. <laughs> I don't know if you've met any others. I haven't. It would be great to hear how um, and why you got into the financial side of things while working as a doctor. What piqued your interest in this area and was it prompted by your experiences with patients or working in the NHS at all? Oh, definitely. So actually, um, it's quite surprising. There are a number of doctors in America that are doing similar kinds of things. And and there are a few cropping up in in the UK now as well. And I the way I got into it basically was through my own experiences. So, you know, being a professional woman, having a professional job, you think that you'd be okay with money. And often we're probably the worst people at it because, we're so focused on delivering patient care and looking after other people that we forget that we have to look after ourselves as well and i kind of came to a a moment when i took some time out of training because i was really burnt out and i realized that i had such a bad situation with the money i had debts and i didn't have any savings i didn't know what i was doing so i took some time to learn about how to sort of correct everything and then when I back, went back into training again I realized that patients and colleagues were having very similar issues it wasn't just me thankfully it was a lot of people and I was seeing patients um, taking time off like not wanting to take time off of work even though that was what they've been recommended to do because they couldn't afford it or um, speaking to nursing colleagues and saying, oh, they have to do another bank shift to make ends meet. Um, midwives and other nurses on maternity leave using food banks and things like that. I mean, it was just appalling. So I decided to start blogging about my experiences so that I could better help people from um, their money point of view to help their mental health and well-being. Because I, I I think when you actually think of it that way, money and healthcare are kind of not actually that dissimilar because having money is to be to be healthy. You know, if you don't have any money, it's very difficult for you to be able to do the things that you want to do. You have to be working all the time in order to make ends meet. And that causes stress and anxiety and burnout and you know, real struggles with mental health and physical health as well. So for me, it's it's kind of like the holistic part of healthcare and um, not just the physical but also the psychological and the mental well-being. Yeah and I think um, I think a lot of nurses will will hear that and know where you're coming from both yeah. uh, both for themselves and for, for the people they care for yes. um, and with your financial side you focus particularly on women when it comes to money coaching. I'm wondering what led you in that direction and and if there are some particularly common mistakes um, or myths that you see when when it comes to women and money. 
So my background is in women's health. So I did obstetrics and gynecology for over four years, um, trained, basically got the membership exam and then decided that I wanted to leave because I was too, too burnt out from the job. So when I started doing this, I thought I really, really wanted to bring out that part of me again that part where I was helping women with healthcare but also doing it with their money and the more research and reading I was doing around finances I realized that women were kind of almost being left behind compared to men when it came to their finances and one of the things that um, really stands out is that men are much more likely to take on risk and they're much more likely to invest their money and there's this pressure on men as well to be the breadwinner be the one that controls the finances be the one that takes control over everything you know, every little aspect of it and women almost kind of have to now catch up because for many many years we've we have been part of the finances we've been the assets we've been the one that's been transferred from father to, to husband now we're our own entity we are able to be in control of our own finances thank goodness but with that comes responsibility so what I see is a lot of women deferring to other people thinking that they they aren't good enough to deal with their finances oh I was bad at math so I'm going to be rubbish with my money and passing the buck over to their partners to you know other people to to take that control for them whereas actually by learning a few key skills they can do it themselves so that I would say is the the biggest thing that I see women make and it's you know there are obviously men that will do the same thing but by and large when you make the comparisons women are much more likely to save their money because it's seen as a safer bet than to invest it even though investing is one of the things the key skills that we all need to learn for our futures. Mm. And and how important is it that that nurses feel um, feel able to take control of their money and feel confident. You know, how important is it that we, as women, know about our finances and understand them and know exactly where we are? Well, it's, it's vitally important. I mean, anyone with a medical background will have heard the lecture where women's life expectancy is on average about seven seven years longer for women than it is for men, and you're seeing a lot more women in poverty in old age because they you know the money that they've got coming in either dries up or it's only a very small amount from the state pension so if you if you know and you have patients that are like that you know certainly as a gp i've, I've gone on home visits where i've dealt with elderly women who are asset rich they've got a house but they can't use it or they can't utilize it because they can't afford to move or they can't afford to change up what's going on so if you have that in your mind you can instantly see why it's vitally important for us to take control of our finances because we need we actually need a bigger pot we we need a bigger pot of money compared to men for our retirement and it's just not happening we you know some women are actually 50% on average lower in their final pension pot than men are and i mean that's just this is not acceptable and we can't rely on you know, the death of a partner or the death of somebody in the family in order to gain an inheritance. Because what if that doesn't happen? What if a divorce happens and suddenly you're in your 60s and you've got no financial backing because your husband's walked off with all of the money because it was all in his name? It happens. You know, we like to think it doesn't, but it absolutely does. And the younger we are and to start thinking about this, the better it is for our futures. 
Yeah, absolutely. Some good food for thought there. Mm. Um, and we, we know that times are really tough at the moment for nurses and for lots of other people. You know, we all see our bills going up, our costs for fuel, for food at the supermarket checkout. You know, we know prices are going up and it's a hard time. So when you're helping um, a nurse with their finances, where do you start? What's the first um, the first thing you do to try and help someone get control? So the, the first thing is is getting some clarity over the numbers. So actually sitting down, taking some time to look at where the money is going, because often we think we know. But actually, when you sit down, you realise how many things perhaps are not necessary or how much you're spending on a particular area that perhaps you wouldn't have liked to have done. So the first thing I get someone to do is to sit down and look at their numbers. So look at their credit score for the first time. Go and get a pension statement and find out what their pension's worth. Um, go and have a look at their state pension. Are there any gaps in it? Going to have a look at their outgoings in particular. And it's it's not about cutting back and being miserly with your money. I mean, I see far too too many things online about that. Get geared at women about oh, cut corners and cut you know make sure that you you're keeping your spending as low as possible I don't think it's about that I think life is about expansion and we need to feel that we've got enough and if that means going out and getting some more income then that's what we need to do but we need to start by looking at what's going on to begin with so yeah that's the first step basically Real. And I think you said you would um, you'd encourage someone to get a bank statement sit down and look for say the last month and look at each thing that goes in and out of your account and just really weigh up how essential that is yes I've, I call it the traffic light method so literally you get three different colored highlighters ideally kind of like traffic lights so a green one a, an orange one and a pink one and then you go through and you highlight everything that is essential so the stuff that's keeping the roof over your head keeping you in a job keeping the lights on keeping the food on the table that's all red that cannot be moved you can try and tr change them as much as you possibly can keep them as low as you possibly can but i you know in all intents and purposes, they have to be there. So they're, they're pink, they're red expenses. And then you go through and you look at things that are orange. So things that are orange would be um, what you could do without, maybe for a short time, not forever, because it's, you know, that would be miserable. But if you really desperately need the money right now, what could you do for six months, 12 months, cut out completely and then bring it back in later on when things are better or you've got your savings sorted. Um, so it might be a gym membership because you can get lots of things online now. Um, it might be for you that regular coffee trip. Perhaps you can get some coffee at home and, and do it yourself at home. It, whatever it is for you, it doesn't have to be those things. You know, obviously just do what you think is right for your finances, but anything you could temporarily do without and then you could reinstate later. And then green expenses are things that are completely unnecessary you know you could do without them it's the you know taking random money out of the hole in the wall and thinking well where is that money gone I don't know how I spent that money it's just been there sitting in my purse or it, it might even be those coffees you know for some people they're an essential part of their their working week and for other people it's just a convenience and actually they know full well they could make their own coffee at home and take it in but it's just one of those things that they they do so Weigh up for you what is an orange and what is a green expense and cut everything out immediately that is green and then cut out your orange ones for a short period of time and then optimise your red ones as much as possible. And without fail, people always find savings because they haven't reviewed their bills for a while or they suddenly realise they're spending 
hundred pounds a month on something that they didn't need to do. Absolutely. And sometimes, as you say, these things just creep up over time and we're all busy. And then it's just hard to remember, isn't it? What you set up, what you cancelled, the subscriptions that you set up and then you couldn't quite remember doing it. So it's worth looking at the detail and and picking out what's there. Yes, exactly that. Exactly that. And it's, you know, it's no one's fault and it's it's not a demonising thing. It's just it's just life. And you know unfortunately we do start these subscriptions and maybe a year later they they re um, ignite again and we haven't realized they were there I mean that happened to me uh, I had a subscription for um, an app that I had on my phone and I'd forgotten to cancel it I mean to be fair I hadn't got any reminders or anything that it needed to to be um, it was going to be renewed so the company is partly at fault there as well but when I asked for my money back, with literally within 30 minutes of being of this subscription being taken out that I no longer wanted, the company refused. They refused to give me my money back, and they said, "No, it's in our terms and conditions. Once the the subscription started, that's it. You have to commit to it." It really annoys me when things like that sort that happen. So the best thing to do is just pop it into your phone as a little reminder in a year's time, so you know that you can cancel these things. It frustrates me when companies do stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. I totally hear that. And and just keeping track of these things, especially if it's a year later, is really, really hard, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Pay remains a significant issue for nurses at the moment. Um, so you've looked at the outgoings, but obviously also there's what comes into your account. Are there ways that nurses can boost that income? Uh, do you have any tips around that? Yes. And unfortunately, there is no easy answer. Everything to bring extra income in does require some work. So it either means you need to do more shifts, which I appreciate is not always easy for people that have children or if they've got you know, medical problems or, or whatever, that's a hard thing to do. But that, that would be one thing. Another way is upskilling. So starting to look at what can you add into your skills that you can then go off and do other jobs for. So, I mean, recently, I just saw an advertisement from the British Menopause Society looking for a I think it was a band five or a band six nurse to do um, telephone calls. Now, it was a desirability to have a particular course under your belt, but it wasn't an essential. So they would do lots of training for you on you know, while you're on the job. So that's just one example. If you go on LinkedIn and you type in jobs for nurses, there are so many op- opportunities out there. So it might be that you actually have to start thinking outside the NHS bubble because unfortunately that's what the NHS is it's a monopoly it's a, it's a big bubble that we're all caught in and when you start to look at oh, what else can I do you don't think that you've got transferable skills because you're stuck in the NHS well actually that's not true there are loads of private companies out there that want the skills that nurses have I mean Case in point, there's a lady in my community who was a nurse. She trained to do occupational health. So that's um, sort of assessing people in the workplace and has now got herself a six figure job working for a private company as a consultant for their health and well-being. That's just I mean, that's that sounds like an extreme example. Like she obviously had some stepping stones in between that, but she could have stayed as a nurse. She could have stayed on a, a low salary, but she upskilled and ended up on six figures. Now, with six figures, that brings other problems that you're going to have to learn how to manage that. But if you see what I mean, like that's 
there's things out there. We just have to believe that we can do that. So upskilling is another really big one. Expanding your horizons beyond the NHS and looking to see what's around or starting some kind of side hustle. I mean, there's lots of examples of this. I mean, I've seen somebody on TikTok who started her own um kind of crystal business so she buys crystals um, and she um, cleans them and infuses them and then she sells them onto people in little packages and things that they can use for their own well-being I think that's amazing and she's now she's a bank nurse and she does that on the side and she does her business on you know half of the time as well so you just think wow these op- there are opportunities out there you just have to look around and see what could you do Absolutely. And one thing that we do know at the moment is that there is um, an extreme shortage of nurses. So oh, nursing, yeah. nursing skills are so in demand, aren't they? As you were saying, you know, you ha- as a nurse, you have so many um, fundamental, useful, transferable skills that people want and need. Uh, so it's just finding finding who wants it, really. Exactly. Exactly that. And what advice do you have for nurses around si- uh, setting financial goals and planning ahead? So I'd say um, look at your short term, medium and long term goals. So long term, long term would be 10 years plus. Medium term would be sort of five to 10 years. And then short term would be from now into five years in the future. What what do you need to have on board money wise for the goals that you have in each of those brackets now for a lot of people retirement would fall into the 10 plus year bracket but if you've got very young children you might want to factor in um, university costs you might want to factor in buying their first home to help them with that there's all sorts of things that you you might want to do with that money in 10 plus years so that's where the investing side of it comes in because it's a really useful tool to help expand your your money as long as you've got enough time then when you go to medium term, it might be you want to buy your first house. So you're building up your, your deposit for that. So having as high an interest rate savings account as possible would be really useful. Using things like LISAs, if you're under the age of 40, a lifetime ISA is a really great account that you can open, both in a cash form or a stocks and shares form that will enable you to save money towards a property. And the government tops it up by 25% as well each for um, each amount that you put in there so there's a number of things you can do in that short five to ten year bracket but I wouldn't put that money at risk too much so the 10 plus years you've got all that time to play with but the five to ten you've got slightly less time so you know could you imagine if you'd put a nice big lump of money in there ready for your house that you wanted to buy only for there to be another you know financial crisis like we've had recently so five to ten years you take on some risk but not too much risk and then anything from now to five years you can put into a savings account that might be your emergency fund it might be holidays it might be a wedding there might be other things that you want within the next five years and um, stuff for your kids or whatever that if you just put into a savings account obviously try and get it to work as hard as you can put it into a high interest account as much as you can and then that money is earmarked and ready for the next five years so it's it just depends really on on when you want the thing and how much you need for the thing and then put it into that bracket accordingly. And what should nurses not do when it comes to their finances? You know, if there's if if you had um, if you had one thing that you could say to nurses about what not to do with your money, what would that be? (laughs) Okay, so when you're struggling with your finances, it can be really tempting to cancel things like insurances and pensions. And I have seen a number of people who have opted out of the NHS pension. And while I understand it, I, I totally understand it. 
unfortunately, what you're doing is you're robbing your future self. And as I said at the beginning, women have already got a massive gap in their pensions. So then to, to take money out now and not be part of something like the NHS pension scheme is actually pretty dangerous. And one of the things that I would suggest that you, you really think consciously about it and you talk to maybe a financial planner about it as well, because I've spoken to a number of financial planners, financial, financial advisors, and, and they all agree that the NHS pension and other public sector pensions are actually really, really good. You don't get those in the private sector anymore. And it's just because of the extra bells and whistles that you kind of get with the NHS pension that that costs so much more money in the private side. So that, that's one of the big things not to cut out as much as you possibly can try not to do that. And then the other <clears throat> the other part with the insurance is um, I'm sure nurses listening to this have had patients that have been in situations, perhaps a, a young family where the the main breadwinner has become ill and they've got no insurance backing at all. I mean, I've seen that. I've seen um, a number of people online that are now crowdfunding because they don't have any money for their children and to pay the bills and all that kind of stuff because they didn't have insurances in place. So as far as possible, try not to cut either of those two expenses out of your life. Mm, absolutely. Trying to protect those um, those fundamental um, protections for the future mm -hmm. there. And, and sometimes finances are just really tight, aren't they? Um, you know, certain points of life when you have childcare costs um, and other things coming out of your account, it, it can be hard to get on top of things and, and find the areas that can be cut. What what should nurses do if they they are in debt and struggling? Do you think? Oh, I mean, it's, it's a horrible it's a horrible thing to think about if but if you're in that situation, you absolutely need to get some help from places like Step Change. Step Change is a charity that can help people with debt. Um, they've got a really handy um, sort of tool on there where you answer um, questions about your financial situation. And at the end of it, it will give you guidance and advice on what needs to happen so it might be you know you just need to keep on top of your budget cut things out of your budget or it might be something as extreme as taking out um sort of help with with your debt so an IVA or something along those sorts of lines but absolutely don't do anything until you've gone through that website and you've actually put your, your finances in because unfortunately people that are struggling are more vulnerable to internet scammers and you have a number of people on things like Instagram and, and stuff like that that are saying, oh, you can write off 70 percent of your debt, 80 percent of your debt with this government scheme that no one's ever heard about. Well, if no one's ever heard about it, why why are you now telling us, you know, where, what is this secret thing? You have to really um, attune yourself to it, because what ends up happening is people can um, sell your debt on to another company. So that other company now owns your debt. And they've locked you into this kind of financial agreement that ruins your credit history, ruins your ability to be able to get um, finance in the future and things like that. And it might not be the thing you actually need to do. So as far as possible, seek advice on things like debt, because it's really easy to be scammed out of, of your money. Mm, so go somewhere reputable yes. and reliable and then follow their advice. Sounds, yes. yeah, a good starting point. Exactly. Fantastic. Uh, and finally, what would your top three financial tips um, be, be for nurses who are listening? 
So I guess it's a summary of what we've spoken about. It's know your numbers. So understand what your NHS pension is worth. Go and have a look at your state pension. Plug any gaps that are needed. Uh, maybe look at how much you actually think you're going to need in retirement and see what else you can do in order to top that up. So maybe investing in a nicer or something. The second thing is making sure that you cut out your expenses regularly. So, yes, you're knowing your numbers, but also doing something about them. So if you know that you've got subscriptions that are coming up, get rid of them, cull them, change them. If you don't use something, get rid of it. You know, negotiate with companies as well. It's amazing how you threaten to leave and all of a sudden you're being thrown all these discounts. It's it's so funny. Um, it shouldn't be the case, but unfortunately that's that's business and, and that's the way they are. So mm. making sure that you're reviewing your expenses and not assuming that somebody else is going to do a better job than you you know don't don't defer to a partner don't defer to a financial advisor or money coach or someone blindly without understanding what's going on for yourself you might need these people in order to to help you move forward certainly financial advice money coaching is a really useful thing to get involved with but don't defer everything you are the one that's going to take the best responsibility for your finances so i would say they they're the they're the top tips and then i, I know you said three but the fourth one is know your worth know your worth and go out there and, and make some more money doing other things other than working for the NHS, because there is a big world out there and there is a lot of opportunity. Fantastic. Thank you so much for that, Nikki. And there's definitely, I'm just already thinking about some of the changes that I need to make <laughs> and need to think about to take away from this. It's uh, It's been really thought provoking and really useful. So thank you so much for joining the Nursing Standard podcast today. 